0: G'day everybody. Really exciting episode I'm dropping today. This is a swap cast that I recorded with Julia over at Cosmic Peach. We got together to talk all things grey aliens, extraterrestrial invasions, and whether it's part of the greater deception. Are these things the Nephilim? Are they fallen angels? Well, this is what we break down in today's episode, all at the same time as giving you all a bit of a deep dive on a little movie called The Devil's Tomb great movie it is b-grade but it is well worth the watch anyway fantastic swap cast this one i hope you really enjoy it i think i found a great friend to collaborate with in the future shout out to julia for helping me with my intro to my show you're an absolute peach no pun intended intro is amazing by the way i'm so happy with the way it's come out and i'm hearing feedback from the viewers and listeners that they like it it actually suits me and my personality which that's a bonus in any kind of game of forecasting so here we go sit back put your feet up grab a coffee and enjoy this episode
2: all right everyone thank you for listening to another episode of cosmic peach podcast and this episode is going to be a little bit different we're doing a swapper i have drew missing from your missing the point podcast how are you fellow ginger
0: <laughs> good julia i'm great how are you It's good to have another wranger in the house. I
2: know, I know. And not only our hair color, but we also love decoding movies.
0: Yeah, live for at the moment. It's it's taken over my life. It's quite ridiculous.
2: I know. But anyways, how are you?
0: Yeah, really good. Um, We've been talking for a little while now trying to get a, a date put aside for us, but it's finally come together. It's It can be difficult when you're on other sides of the air quotes globe, but Mm -hmm. we made it work.
2: Yeah. And we met up in another swapper, which was about Star Trek, which I love because I'm a big Star Trek fan. And then you, I think maybe you had said, oh, I said that I think there's a fine line between extraterrestrials and fallen angels or demons and people confuse that all the time. And you were like, actually, I agree with you. And then we started talking about the Nephilim and here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the rest is history, as they say.
2: Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you just to get started. What are your thoughts? Do you believe in aliens or do you think it's something else?
0: I've done a complete 360 in what I used to believe. I was all in on aliens. I was a kid that borrowed out the day after Roswell when I was 12 years old and read it front to back. And it seemed like such a amazing outlandish thing. It was too cool not to be true, right? Cause there was so many possibilities around it. And over time, specifically in the last three years, my thinking's completely changed on it. Are aliens real? Yes. And no, I think there's a technicality we need to draw on that, that, if these things are coming from another dimension or another realm, by the very definition, they're alien to us because they're not from our our space and time. So if people are saying these are aliens, in some small factor, they're correct. It's just where they're coming from. A lot of people get bogged down in aliens only coming from outer space. And my understanding of the world and the shape of what it is possibly and ideas of a firmament and a flat plane have really changed that so yeah, I'm, in the, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the camp of space is fake and gay at the moment yeah. um, and I think exactly. the NASA lies kind of led me to that very quickly
2: yeah so what people have mistakenly termed as aliens or extraterrestrials for me is just another term for fallen angels or demons and the demons kind of do the bidding of the fallen angels, which people don't ever make that distinction either. If you get possessed, you're possessed by a demon, or if you're getting oppressed, you're getting oppressed by a demon. But there are other forces at work here because yeah. it's a spiritual it's- war, like tips yeah, and it's-
0: It's like a low-level henchman kind of a deal. You've got the mob boss and then you've got his little cronies underneath. And ironically, you do see that in the UFO community and and disclosure and firsthand accounts of abductions. There's always usually one type of alien amongst the small greys or tall greys, which is completely different in appearance, and they do its bidding. So Mm -hmm. you're already seeing those like low-level demons answering to a a more um, spiritual being that's controlling them
2: yeah exactly so did you ever watch the movie legion
0: yes yeah yeah did you watch the series about it
2: i didn't watch the series about Ah, it that that really breaks
0: it down the movie's quite good too yeah
2: in my mind even though they weren't they were kind of depicting fallen angels but they were supposed to be the good angels that were just warring for god you know god got mad at us and he sent the angels to kind of wipe us all out or something but I always depicted in my mind that a fallen angel would look like that badass soldier kind of dude that's like Michael or Gabriel. And you sometimes see them with like the boils and sores all over their face, like they're going to be gross and nasty and look like they have leprosy or something like that. But I actually think that they would be attractive, which makes them even more deceptive.
0: Yeah, it's almost um, like I'm just going through like a a journey of faith at the moment myself and all the depictions I'm finding of angels, they're not always the stereotypical uh, winged humanoid, the really beautiful type of creature. Sometimes they're depicted with foreheads and multiple eyes and always really strange outlandish things. So I'm almost in the space that, yeah, they could look like that, but also maybe they present themselves however you want to be seen
2: right because
0: yeah. humanity is supposed to be made in the image of god and i don't think they are and maybe that's where some of the jealousies came from for why so many of them rebelled against god because we ended up being his chosen people his greatest creation and some of them felt really sore about that
2: yeah and it's like why did you make us with four heads and you made them all good looking <laughs> <laughs> I do think that if they were going to come to you and deceive you, though, they're like the master deceptors, that you would have to see them as something that would draw you in. So if I saw something with boils and sores all over its face, oozing pus out of its mouth, I wouldn't go anywhere near it because I'd be like, oh, it's the devil, you know? Yeah, exactly. So they have to come in and like lure you in Mm -hmm. with like either... I'm so charming and this is what you want. And that would be in my mind, what a fallen angel would look like.
0: Absolutely. And you see that with what I think the great deception is now is that we have Satan or the legions of darkness, whatever you want to refer to it as they're making the deception of aliens. They're using either created beings or low level demons presenting them as aliens mm-hmm. um, for us to unite against and come together under one banner. And then Satan, his legions are going to swoop in at the last minute, looking like us, beautiful, like perfect specimens. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come in and save us from the bad, ugly aliens.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: <laughs> and humanity is kind of like all under one banner then. And we've got these gracious beings with this wonderful technology leading us and um, progressing us as a species. That's the, probably the best deception there could be. And we yeah. see that in, um, in Roswell. Roswell, the greys crashed, right? Supposedly they crashed. But there were also interviews and deals being broken with other alien species. One was the greys and another one was the tall Nordics. And the tall mm-hmm. Nordics were described as beautiful, white, tall, glowing beings. Well, that just sounds exactly like an angel, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I always say that if we... Ever did see an alien or what they will call an alien that it won't be what we're expecting? That we'll like it, that they'll give us secrets from our past, immortality, forbidden technology. It will look really good to us, and we will want that. So, that's also part of the scary technology thing because you see lots of shady figures from the past using channelers. And then all of a sudden they get a bunch of like a surge of technology. Like Hitler was working Mm -hmm. on the Nazi bell and he was talking about the, the glowing tall Nordic looking beings and how that was the master race. So there's, there's always aliens, quote unquote, and technology going right along hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's just, it harkens back to Jack Parsons, right? We have Jack Parsons, which is the guy who created JPL. He was like an uneducated guy around engineering. He couldn't go to an engineering school, but he managed to develop rockets that were way ahead of their time, like even Mm -hmm. ahead of what the Nazis had in some regards. So where was he getting this information from? And now we know looking into Jack Parsons, he was actually a follower of Crowley and really delved into a lot of those occult um, types of practices and summoning rituals.
2: So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I heard you talking about it in one of your other episodes with, uh, Brody from secret squirrel. And it sounds like, you know, a little bit more than I do as far as I think maybe he opened a gateway.
0: Yeah. So Roswell, the place where this alien crash happened, right? Jack Parsons got together with his rest of his little, um, Crowley followers, that are going under that doctrine and they actually tried to summon the the Whore of Babylon because they believed that the United States is the new Babylon and they were trying to summon her or it. In this summoning, they actually did summon something forth. They summoned an entity and it supposedly had a child in our realm. The problem being this door was opened and it was never shut. They never did a ritual to close the portal And under that Crowley system of summoning or manifesting demons or entities, it's up to the person who opened it to close it. But as we all know, Jack Parsons died in his laboratory due to an explosion. So theoretically, that that portal was still open. And as we know, what happened in Roswell not long after this?
1: Mm -hmm. The crash. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We saw UFOs buzzing the White House, this huge big... Uh, UFO series around the United States during the forties and fifties went crazy. Like they suddenly just came back into the world again.
2: Yeah. Fucking nuts. Fucking crazy nuts. <laughs> and here's the thing about that. You know, who was working on that crash? John Denver's dad, you know, John Denver, the yeah, country yep. singer, his dad.
0: They're all connected. You always find these famous kids or, actors or singers their parents are always military industrial complex or government agents of some description
2: Mm -hmm. yes so another thing that john denver was attached to was nasa and he was supposed to be on the challenger flight that exploded quote unquote he (laughs) was they knew
0: it was going going to explode
2: (laughs) yes he did all the tests all the rigorous tests that they put you through to go on a trip to space and at the last minute they were like no john denver we decided to go with krista mcauliffe the this kindergarten teacher or whatever grade she taught she was a school teacher they they said no john denver you go right you know take me home country roads and we're gonna have krista mcauliffe get on board and then it supposedly crashed and there was no more citizen space flights after that so they had to create this issue to make up some type of reasoning why we couldn't go to space unless you were an actual astronaut so not only did john denver get spared nobody else can go into space now because the challenger exploded and then he wrote a song called Flying For Me where it was like, oh, you died, but you were flying for me. And it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> and they used the John Denver song in Alien Covenant, that movie Alien Yeah. Covenant, new yeah. one. So it's always just a wink and a nod in that direction. Like y'all just fucking are so oblivious. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Have you um, heard about the means in which the early rocket programs were actively trying to launch nukes at the firmament to break through.
2: The uh, Fishbowl?
0: Fish, Operation Fishbowl, there was a nuke they called Thor's Hammer, ironically ah, after yes. a, a Norse god of war trying to break through the firmament. There's a lot of belief out there that the Nephilim weren't only just cast down into the earth. Some of them were encased in the firmament.
1: Ooh. And if you're, to,
0: if you're trying to break them out, you'd definitely be trying to launch nukes at or something to crack it. To let them into this realm?
2: Oh my God. I hadn't even thought about that. So, all right. Let's go back to the beginning of time when they fell. They were jealous of us. And then they started a rebellion. They came down and they tried to corrupt every piece of God's creation to this day. We hear stories about Eisenhower somehow being involved with fallen angels and they said hey give us women we'll give you technology and this was the group known as the watchers in the bible trading technology for human women in my opinion they're impregnating them and they later become like our leaders
0: yeah and if you think that i can't remember the exact number but There was only a certain number of fallen angels. Only so many rebelled against God and he he banished them to earth. A third. A third. So if you're wanting to bolster your numbers and you can't actively create more angels, Mm. but there's a a mechanism for you to breed through, you're Mm. going to create foot soldiers. You want more people, right? And -hmm. if you can manipulate mankind, God's creation at the same time, that's a big finger up to the big (laughs) car upstairs, isn't it? Yeah. And they sell it to people so well. They sell it as we give you salvation without the rule book. Yeah. You get what he gives you, but you don't have any of the rules. Like that's the perfect option for people today, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they can't create. God's the creator. So all they can do is kind of distort what they have to work with. So they can't create more angels. They can't create more uh, demons. I mean, whoever fell, that's who fell. And then they kind of had like, um, babies and stuff with human women and then they had babies and so on and so forth until you get to today you can't even tell but they know who they are i'm sure they know who they are and so they're just perverting our dna and i i kind of maybe you have different opinion on it but i kind of think that when we look at the bible goliath was it maybe 12 13 feet tall and it slowly dwindled down to where there was less physical markers but we're still finding giant skeletons we're still finding elongated skulls we see depictions of some of the uh Egyptian pharaohs having elongated skulls so there was like a dwindling down effect but I think that now it's more of a spiritual they know who they are if they have that ancestry and the their dna is nephilim dna but they're easily hidden among us
0: yeah they might have small physical tells, like little attributes maybe like certain types of blood types or right maybe hair color <laughs> um, but, <laughs> right. right but i think the issue is that they're like you said they're so hidden amongst us that they've got the perfect hiding spot
1: mm-hmm.
0: they are part of us now and my Another part of that big deception is, and this is a very black-pilled way of looking at it, I don't think the original tribe of the Hebrews are left. I think they were wiped out a long time ago and supplanted by the others, like the 13th evil tribe type of a deal, right? So the Nephilim bloodlines, I think, have essentially completely wiped out through thousands of years, World War II and the Nazis have wiped out the true Hebrews. I think they're gone well and truly oh and,
1: shit
0: and what a perfect hiding place to be but being god's chosen people
1: wow.
2: if you
0: put that little moniker on yourself and that little hat who's the little hat that was a bit on the nose um but if Is you're hiding as the, like,
2: the Yamaka or whatever yeah
0: if, yeah if you're hiding as the chosen people but you're not really the chosen people no one's really going to go against you are they Ooh. Especially well, I- if you successfully wiped out what was left of the true Hebrews through the Nazis.
2: Okay, yeah. Who do you- Okay, I might have a different theory, but I have a theory. Who do you think the true Hebrews were?
0: Well, I'm actually I'm a big history person, and it's really hard to discern what's real history and what's fake because we know a lot is fed to us. Mm-hmm. I'm of the belief that the, the Aryan race, and this has been a dirty word now because of our artistic (laughs) friend in austria the proto-europeans i believe that one of their tribes was the original hebrews
2: so you think the adam and eve were the blonde hair blue eyes
0: yeah i'm thinking that the original the progenitors of the civilized world air quote civilized world were um caucasoid in nature
2: I'm exactly the polar opposite.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Are you the black Israelites top of it? I think a
2: that Adam and Eve were probably black. And the Hebrews that descended from them were black. Because Ooh, we hear about the Kush people in Egypt. And it was an entire empire of black Egyptians. And the Hebrews, I've read a couple books where they trace DNA back. And it looks like Moses and a lot of the Hebrew were dark skinned and that they were either black or really dark brown. So if you think about how many times Africa has been called the cradle of civilization, then why wouldn't the first people have more melanin? But I I don't know, and I'm not an expert, but I think that they were probably darker skinned and the lighter more fair complexed people are mutants.
0: Mm, possibly I just see it as the cradle of civilization being the Middle East like whether that was a completely co-opted place anyway
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's the physical characteristics of a the civilization there um agriculture buildings writing all that type of stuff we don't see a large amount of that in Africa and what we do see in northern Africa stems from the Middle East from the Fertile Crescent so that's what lends my direction in that not to but mention the majority ran- yeah, well, back then they wouldn't have been though. That's the thing. This is the current populations we see now are um, a combination of multiple generations of intermingling between different peoples. We see the early depictions of these people in artwork, and they were blue-eyed, white, red hair, blonde hair. Whether that's been the film that were leading them or not, these are the people that are depicted.
2: Yeah, they depicted them with elegance, because I do think that they were significant to them, though. Like, ooh, you know, they're mm. the coveted race. And even Hitler was like, they're the coveted race. And that's why he wanted to kill, like, all of the brownish people. Or uh, what What did he want to kill? He wanted to kill giants Gypsy. and hippies and gypsies. gypsies. <laughs> Whatever, yeah.
0: Every, everyone else, right? But mm-hmm. there's also, a, there seems to be a concerted effort in recent history that anything, I don't know whether it's just the modern woke culture, anything white culture is bad. There seems to be a demonizing of white people, mm-hmm. um, not trying to pull race cards or anything like that. No, but I
2: know, I know. It
0: seems to be going that way. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And if that's happening, there's probably a reason behind it.
2: I think it's because we're the only race that doesn't know where we came from. You know, you have all the brown people kind of being like, "Well, I'm Native American. I'm from the Middle East. I'm Moroccan. I'm black." And it's like they have somewhere to trace back to where they're like, "This is my culture." And white people are like, "We might be Irish. We might be English. <laughs> we don't really fucking know." <laughs> like, I'm so not Aboriginal, so that's the
0: part of um that's the part of history though that's actively being suppressed prior to the the 1930s and 40s. It was an academic and found belief that all Europeans could trace their roots back to the Aryan peoples, the Aryan tribes, and they spread out across into Asia, the Middle East, into Western Europe. Um, They were a steps people, essentially. And after World War II, that became a no-no word and you're not even allowed to entertain those ideas anymore. Mm -hmm. So either, Mm -hmm. either way, like whether it's my theory or yours, there's so much of human history that's suppressed and doesn't want to be spoken about or allowed to be spoken about that it's a good starting point to ask questions about what's going on.
2: And one thing that I always like to add when we bring up like, where did these bloodlines come from? I don't think they care about the race of the person actually, because even Meghan Markle, and I say this all the time, she is descended from Robert the Bruce. So they're still interbreeding. They're still keeping the pedigree. It's it's it's, keeping the magic in the blood. It doesn't matter
0: what package it's in, as long as they've got the special stuff inside.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So they don't care like racially what you are. They care about your pedigree and you cannot just blood into the cult. You can't be like, well, I'll sacrifice my mom. And if you'll let me into the cult and let me marry, you know, Prince Harry, no, it doesn't work like that. You literally have to be born in, you can't just blood your way in like some of these other cults. You can try to serve them like Tom Hanks, he tries to serve mm-hmm. them he's a he's a footstool for these people. he <laughs> wants to serve them, but he will never be a part of the actual club because he's not a bloodline descendant. he's not a Rockefeller or a Rothschild or one of these guys
0: no, not at all he's he's one of the the human elites that are trying to take advantage of it, and we see that depicted in movies all the time there's always powerful humans that side with the bad aliens to try and get advantage in it and we're seeing that every day in popular culture as far as i'm concerned
2: so think about the movie da vinci code okay and they're trying to they're talking about bloodlines right and how they go all that they've traced their bloodlines back they know where their shit's coming from but tom hanks is just the servant Helping the Bloodline descendant find her way. And at the end, he kneels out of respect for Mary Magdalene's bones or whatever. But that is very true of what's going on in real life. He is just a servant to the real Bloodline freaks. And as much as he wants to be a part of the cult, he will only ever be able to serve the cult. And I say a lot about Stanley Kubrick in that regard, that he would only ever serve them, but not be a part of the actual cult. Because if you look at Eyes Wide Shut, you and I would think a doctor would be more of an elite type of status, as Tom Cruise was a doctor and he had a very nice lifestyle. But even being a doctor, he could not become part of the club they wouldn't let him in they were like forget you ever saw this shit or we'll kill you next bucko and for you and i we would think oh well they're a doctor they're kind of like a more elite status but no you have to be either born in or selected but if you're not you will only ever serve them and i think that's what stanley was trying to show us in that movie among other things among other things (laughs) But that for sure.
0: 100%. Have, now, going back to the Nephilim being cast down to Earth and trapped within the Earth, as scripture kind of suggests to us, have you ever heard of... Um, let me just find my notes here. Have you ever heard of Stan Dayo? No. Stan Dayo supposedly was an ex-Air Force... American who later worked for FBI and was trained um, in IBM and computing um, in the sixties and seventies, he came to Australia supposedly to work at a alien underground base. And he's said that there are multiple alien bases under the ground on earth. And oh, we hear that true. a lot with the deep underground military bases. Well, that seems to be a perfect coincidence with if these nephilim or demons or whatever they are, are cast in with the earth if we're just digging into where they are and then getting things from them, it's a perfect situation. So I'll, I'll go through where there's supposed to be four major bases on Earth, okay, right? Okay, I Aliens. was going to
2: say, think about we've only ever been eight miles deep. If you if exactly flat Earth, so it wouldn't be hard to get to them.
0: No, definitely not. Um, okay, go and ahead, this, And some of them are supposed to be underneath rivers and whatnot, like the Jordan River. And that's, oh, at oh. the moment, is like dry, which is quite scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But we've got four major mountains. They're always mountains too. They're always the pinnacles. Yes. And in ancient mythology, the gods always lived on mountains at the mountaintops. So we've got these four major mountains. We've got, um, where are we? Zeal. So we've got Zeal Mountain in Australia. And Zeal is a Germanized word of an old Slavic word meaning cabbage. Um, and in this story, Zeal Mountain was an Aboriginal woman who was pregnant, who was cast out from the tribe. She did something to dishonour the tribe. And she formed into the mountain. And the valley is her mount- her mountain point. Uh, so cabbage patch babies. Yes, they used to come to from cabbages. That. Zeal means cabbage. And then through remote viewing from Pat Price, he identified Zeal Mountain as an alien base used for relaxation purposes. Oh,
2: shit.
0: So my theory is could this be a breeding station in the world where they're trying to create more giants.
2: Fuck yeah.
0: That's just one. We go to, we have a mountain. Oh, it's not in these notes. I'll quickly get it on my phone. There's a mountain in Alaska, which is supposedly supposed to be a weather station for studying Earth's atmosphere for these aliens, but we know HARP exists in Alaska as well, which manipulates mm-hmm. weather. We mm. have. Um, One in Africa, which is supposed to be the repair station for their technology. What's Africa rich in? Precious minerals, especially those needed to create uh, solar and new electrical type of gravitics and things like that. So a lot of these bases are are coinciding with physical, tangible things that these aliens need, which ironically could be the trinkets that the demons are giving us in return for people.
2: Oh, yeah. And if you look, they always all ancient cultures will talk about how they came down on the mountain, that their portals and gateways. Mm-hmm. And Mount Shasta has a lot of, quote, UFO activity. And there was one thing that I watched on Suicide Forest in Japan. It's at the base of Mount Fuji. And all of the local people for thousands of years have said how Mount Fuji is just a big portal. It's where goddess Fuji descended down on and that it's enabled <laughs> are world navels. That's where we can go up to them and they can come down to us. They're closer to heaven, essentially. Yep.
0: And they always have some kind of reverence with the local people that are there. So mm-hmm. those four places were. I've got that now, um, one is the Perdido mountains in the Pyrenees between France and Spain. So we've got one located in Europe. Um, we've got one called Inyagani in Zimbabwe, so that's in Africa. Um, we have Mount Zeal in Australia and Mount Hayes in Alaska. So if we look at a flattened globe map, we've almost got a square and it's encompassing the major continents of the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: And for clarity, the, Mount Zeal is Australia's highest mainland mountain too, so it's the highest physical point on our entire continent. So of course it's the highest point for the gods.
2: Have you been there?
0: I haven't, no. It's in the top end. It's a desert. My people, my skin tones don't do too well in the sun. So <laughs> not not my not my place. And ironically, a lot of places in the top end, they're either remote indigenous communities or there's government land like cut out, which you can't actually go onto. So kind of gives it you an indication of what they're trying to cover it up It might
2: there. sound so stupid. But are the aboriginal do they have like reservations like native americans like you can't go there that's not for you kind of places
0: they're not called reservations um they have i can't even think of the word for it but it's not like in america the reservations indians have full control over that land um it's more of like a crown land type of type of a deal where it's managed through the government and they're supported still so they don't have full autonomy they have traditional lands and things like that, but the government still has a huge amount of overreach for humanitarian purposes.
2: Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, our purposes. people,
0: yeah, Aboriginals are one of the only native people in the Western world where a treaty was never signed with them.
2: Like the mm. Maori
0: in New Zealand, there was full-on wars that were bloody and brutal to the point where they had to broker a deal. In Australia, it was pretty one-sided.
2: Wow, do they have a religion?
0: They don't have a religion per se. They have a a dreaming, which is like the dream time story of where their ancestors, the animals, and the people came from. So they don't necessarily have deities as they do have spirits. And ironically, the spirits seem to be depicted as grey aliens, big, large heads, big (laughs) eyes, um, halos around their heads, all that type of stuff.
2: Enough said. Fallen angels. So. I have another question because you and I were kind of talking about um, like church and and how it's different here in in Australia. So is it predominantly kind of like an atheistic society? Some churches here and there? Like, can you describe it for me?
0: Australia is still described as being a Christian country, air quotes. I think only 60% of the population actually has some kind of belief in a God. But the majority of churches we see are um, related back to England through the Anglican Church or Catholicism. Um, A whole heap of Presbyterian churches everywhere, um, which came through the Scots. But, yeah, predominantly Anglican and Irish in most places, those churches.
2: Did your mom take you to church as a kid?
0: No, I was raised um, non-practicing Presbyterian, which majority of Australians are.
2: (laughs) What is Presbyterian? I don't even know Uh, what that means. uh,
0: protestant so the protestant church we call God. them presbyterians here yeah
2: that sounds like but, puritans or something like i imagine you having to wear like a little white bib or something no, the no it's, just, it's just it's
0: just it's the average christian that doesn't actually have to go to church oh, they believe wow. and they don't actually have to attend
2: what a scapegoat kind of domination <laughs> <that is. laughs> so. um,
0: started it started out of germany and then there was the protestant and catholic wars Across Europe, throughout okay. a lot of the mid-century.
2: Okay, so obviously here it's much different. You know, we have countless denominations, but it's very- you've got
0: more that more denominations than there are pages in the Bible, I'm sure. No, oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: In some snake are charming,
0: all sorts yes,
2: of stuff. Yes, yes, the snake handlers, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the you know, we have them all, and. I was raised in a Pentecostal church, which was, uh, I think it's the fun one. It's like my, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my grandpa was a reverend. So we learned a lot about the Bible as a kid and my mom sang in church. So they would take like Elvis songs, swap out the lyrics and make it a Christian song. And they would just like sing rock songs during church. And it was fabulous. We'd all run around dancing and stuff. And a lot of people are kind of on the fence about it, but we spoke in tongues. That's a thing that's like a gift from the spirit. So language only you and God can understand. And that's just how I was raised. I thought it was normal. I still think it's pretty normal compared to some other stuff that people do like snake charming. But I think that, uh, a lot of those churches you mentioned are super boring and they will (laughs) bore you to tears. And that's why people will just say, I don't go to church. Like, why would you want to sit through a mass or something? No,
0: that's why Baptists always have intrigued me because in, we only really see these types of churches through media, like in films or television and Baptists look so, look so much fun. They're dancing around, they're singing. Um, yeah, you're right. They are very traditional, and you just sit, you be quiet, you say the hymns, and you leave, and that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. The American
0: ones go next level. That's really hooking you. But it also <laughs> has that, also has the other side of the coin where a lot of Australians, and I think a lot of Christians worldwide, see these churches as like Ponzi schemes, like they try to heal you, but there's always a please oh. donate. Here's, your, uh, here's the card to the send us your money. Drinks. Yeah, that's what the impression Australians get of a lot of those okay. denominations.
2: well we think they're scams too by the way oh good so, <laughs> no, no uh disagreement there and a lot of them i grew up in the 90s so the big ones were like benny hen and uh let's see there is another guy he looks like a demon for real you gotta look this guy up hang on what is his name oh wow I'm just going to Google biggest TV preachers and see who comes up. Joel Olstein, I think he got in trouble for some shit, actually. Kenneth Copeland. Have you ever seen this guy?
0: No, I have not.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's your homework. You need to go watch this guy. This is your homework. His freaking name is Kenneth Copeland. I'm pretty sure he's from Texas. And that man has dead eyes. He looks like the thing from Stephen King's It. Okay? This Sounds guy- Sounds like a wonderful is... person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what turns people off from church, though, for real. Because it's yeah. like, you put on the show and then they're like, oh, by the way, if you need your cancer healed, send 40 bucks. $50,
0: yeah. And yeah. they always end up having harems of multiple women and all kinds of weird shit.
2: So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where are you getting back onto the subject with the gods of old probably being the Nephilim?
0: That's where I'm sitting at the moment. I think there's too many coincidences between cultures that are separated by time, geography, and and racial groups. You go into the, the pantheon of their gods, all the powers or the purposes of each god line up to each other. Um, We've got the Greek gods, the Roman gods. We've got the South American gods, the Mesoamericans, African gods. They all line up with certain purposes and Mm -hmm. generally have the same powers. And the names, ironically, when translated into English or other things, generally mean the same thing. So this tells me these beings all came from the one place, the one source, Mm
1: -hmm. and they
0: kind of spread themselves out across the world and they carved out their own little empires and instilled their own kind of touch on what they wanted, their own style, if you, if you will. And they've all got this, this idea. And I've got this little analogy where God is like the mechanic. He runs the, the workshop. Three of his apprentices decide, you know what? We're not going to work for you anymore. We're going to go start our own shop down the road. They're going to have yeah. the technical know-how, <laughs> but they're not going to be as smart as their, as their master. So they mm-hmm. could open up a shop. But, you know, your car might fall to pieces six years down the track.
2: Right. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. It's like they kind of ripped off some tools from God's workshop before they left. They're like, I'm taking this wrench, too, by the yeah. way. Oh,
0: and yeah, and we're giving like, them fire and you can't do anything about it.
2: <laughs> right. So there is, uh, I've been looking into Atlantis and, and Mew and Lemuria and some of these sunken continents. One of them is supposed to be near Australia.
0: Yeah, there's um, one called New Zealandia, which is the continent underneath New Zealand. New Zealand runs on a fault line and topographical mapping under the ocean shows a pre-existing continent that was quite large. The theory around that is when that was sunk, they raised Australia up out of the ocean and created our landmass. Australia's pretty unique in that we don't have many mountain ranges. It's pretty damn flat across the whole thing and we don't have a lot of topsoil. So it mm-hmm. indicates that it was either all washed away at one point in a flood or it was man-made in some capacity.
2: Wow. Okay. And you guys have really weird fucking insects.
0: <laughs> and animals. Yeah. Everything's bizarre here.
2: Yeah. Is So besides kangaroos, obviously, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I've seen some huge <laughs> fucking spiders coming out yeah, of Australia. Really yeah. Much. We
0: get the average huntsman, which is the size of my hand.
2: That's not normal.
0: But they're not even bird-eating spiders, though. They just eat other insects
2: wow
0: yeah they're pretty actually they're quite nice you have them in the house you're not going to have poisonous or venomous spiders in your house
2: no i'll just have panic attacks that's way better
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, you'll be fine you'll be passed out all the time so you won't notice them
2: (laughs) right exactly no but i i do think that the sunken continents thing goes back to another part of the nephilim story which would have been the flood
0: yeah absolutely
2: it's documented in every culture
0: yeah even the aboriginal people have a a flood story but australia is quite unique that we had a inland sea at one point where the oceans ran into australia instead of running out like the majority of continents around the world the rivers all lead to the ocean right well there's a lot of parts in australia where it goes the opposite way and that becomes really noticeable in flood times like the the previous floods we've had there's big open areas of flooded australia
2: Damn. So that kind of goes more towards your theory that they rose it up.
0: Yes, it's not natural in its in its form.
2: Mhm. And if we look at the gods of old, like you said, they're pretty similar across the board. If you're looking at ancient Egypt or any of these older civilizations, but they also talk about the flood and how it was spiritual in nature. That it wasn't just some natural disaster that happened. It was like God was pissed off. Why? And it always goes back to the giants were wreaking havoc. They were doing all this stuff and he kind of wanted to wipe the slate clean. But after the flood, even in the Bible, we see the mention of giants still. So it wasn't like a complete wipeout. There were some survivors But it wasn't just at the point where it was during the first incursion. You know, they were wreaking havoc all over the place. The flood kind of wiped a lot of them out. But there were like little pockets, I think, that survived.
0: Yeah. And I come from a a controversial point of view that I don't think every single one of these giants was inherently evil. Purely based on they may be part fallen angel, but they're also part human. So they have the divine, divine spark in them because they they do have that fallen side of them, they can never ascend to heaven. So that may have driven them to become um, angry towards God, vengeful. But there are giants depicted in history that helped humanity in positive ways that defended people against other giants, even. So my theory is that some of these giants could have been good. Um, ironically, they end up getting killed off by other nefarious giants and and mm-hmm. usually um turn, they turn into mountains when they die defending humans against other giant tribes but
2: you know that's definitely would, right yeah that would make sense because we see that in almost every action movie ever there's like a good guy amongst the bad guys well he's still yeah. a bad guy but he's like a little bit less bad yeah. than the right? other bad guys and i could see that they did kind of war amongst each other yes you know and if you were a weak link, like, oh, I don't really want to kill humans. They'd be like, oh, what why eating you? <laughs> you go join them then? And then they're going to stab you up because you're a people lover. So you could be right in that sense that some of them were like, hey, I don't really agree with this. And they were like, oh, you agree with death? Because that's what's going to happen to you. And I think that some of the positive stories about giants could be true that maybe they were just like somewhere in the middle. Like they're not bad. They're not really good either. They're just kind of existing and they ended up getting wiped out by the other giants because they thought that they were weak.
0: Yeah. Even in Aboriginal folklore, there's a a spirit race called the Quinkins and they're divided into two types. There's one shorter stubbier type of race um, that feed on and eat children. The oh. taller ones, so the Imjim and the Tamara, the Tamara are the good ones, the Imjim are the bad. The Tamara are tall, slender figures that actively watch over the tribes of man to protect them. And then there's another type of Quinkan again, which is a giant, hairy person, like three times taller than a Bigfoot, and they actively eat people. There's stories of these Quinkins combining with the humans that are around in these Aboriginal tribes, actively warring with the giant, hairy people to kill them off.
2: So, do you so think that, that lends to... Like- Their version of a Bigfoot,
0: yeah. So that lends to my idea that these could all these types of a lot of these cryptids could be nephilim in nature, um, various generations, different types of breeds, what have you. But like you said, there were some that were just trying to go along to get along, they didn't really (laughs) care about the humans, but they did care about getting eaten by bigger versions of themselves. So they went, Yeah, you know what, we're going to help these little, these little hairless people out, get rid of the (laughs) big guy, and then we'll be fine later on.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree because Dog Man is supposed to just be ravenous, just ripping heads off and stuff. So Bigfoot is always sometimes described as like, "Ah, I was kind of scared, but he didn't really like run at me or anything. It was he was just kind of minding his own business, and then it disappeared. So you always see this like in the middle thing with Bigfoot: is he good? Is he bad? Is he just there? but always associated with portals just like yes
0: having that ability to step through doorways into different parts of the world and that people think that might be physical technology but i have a feeling that's more spiritual and energy based in nature and our idea of what energy is and vibration is the same word for spirituality technology Mm -hmm. all this thing comes under the one banner Mm
1: -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how you
0: talk about Magic being a uh, technology being indistinguishable from magic. If you're a less advanced culture, well, what's to say that these craft flying around aren't a form of magic themselves?
2: Right, because a lot of them are run on the consciousness of whoever is piloting them. So it is spiritual. There's like a symbiosis between the pilot and the craft. And a lot of the deep underground military bases. I used to think it was aliens now I'm not so much sold on that idea but they have said whistleblowers have said that they did try to hijack Bigfoot and they did try to hijack some of these craft and figure out how they could run them or how they could manipulate them and that makes sense to me because they're constantly trying to get that energy, like suck that energy out for us. And now we have AI.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's the progression of technology has gone so fast since the 1918 of the 1800s into the 1900s that it's not so much a drip feeding anymore. I think they're just offloading technology at a faster pace and that Stan Deo guy I spoke about, he likened it to we made deals with these air quote aliens to help them build their infrastructure. And in return, we got trinkets. Essentially, we got beads like the Native Americans got. We got the raw end of the deal. Oh, great, we got Velcro and we got laser beams, but you know, they're still flying around and everywhere <laughs> in these <laughs> yeah. anti tech, right? we got new ways to hold our pants up. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's like these creatures for whatever reason, they're feathering their own nests first and we're getting the scraps off the plate. And when you talk about these deep underground military bases, it always leads to these creatures, these entities, they cut the deal off. They get to a certain point going, you know what, we don't need you anymore, and they kick the humans out. Supposedly every deep underground military base, humans, these joint operation bases, the humans were kicked out in the 70s, mm-hmm. which led to the, um, to the Snyder story about the firefights underground as humans tried to take them back.
2: Yeah, and he had the melted fingers. Yeah,
0: and he was hit in the chest by a beam.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he looked fucked up. He, he looked look like he had been up. through some shit.
0: Yeah, he'd seen some stuff. So, and this is where that that Collins Elite comes into it where
2: I was hoping so bring that up.
0: There's this is something I always take with a grain of salt because it's not there's lots of information about it, but nothing I can really pinpoint as being hundred percent valid the Collins elite are supposedly a portion of the military industrial complex that after this Babylon um, working ritual noticed that what these entities were weren't actually alien they were demonic in nature because they're actually a lot of um, fundamental Christians they thought the only thing we can do now is try to use their own tools and technology against them to either hasten them or or stop them completely the dangerous thing about this is it kind of puts them in a white hat, side sort of a, a part of the idea where the white hats are coming to save you. I don't think that's a possibility. If these demonic entities are out there and the government's working with them, they've got to know they're out there and they're trying to foil their plans.
2: Mm-hmm. So... I just think that's interesting because a book I was reading by Fritz Springmeier about the Illuminati bloodlines mentions the Collins family and that how they're a part of it and they it's kind of like you were saying with the giants that might not have been so evil maybe they're somewhere in the middle they are kind of described as being like that they're just somewhere in the middle they know what's going on but they're not like actively participating in it but there's a movie called dark shadows. It's actually based on an old TV show and the new movie that they made has Johnny Depp in it. And he plays the main character, the vampire. And I always talk about how these elites are human vampires, but the elite family in the movie and in the show is the Collins family. And they were supposedly um, on the ships that came over to America and they colonized this part of america and they call it collins port and they're actually the ones that are harboring the vampire and they have all this weird stuff in their family and werewolves and cryptids and so i think that's very interesting that they would throw that in there about the collins connection
0: yeah it's almost like (laughs) you could see them at a board meeting like oh we've got to kill off Eighty percent of the humanity, and they're like, "Can't we just enslave them? We do we have to do the whole genocide thing?" <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. very, very lax about how much they want to control our lives.
2: Yeah, yeah. But speaking of movies, you gave me some homework, and I, did. I definitely want to break this down for the listeners. Can you tell uh, everyone what the movie was and kind of some of your cliff notes?
0: Yeah, sure. So this is one of the only films I've ever seen. Grey aliens depicted, actually, and spoken of as being the film the Fallen ones. Mm-hmm. Every bit of sci-fi, they're just aliens, and every <laughs> yeah. bit of horror, it's just the fallen angels. They're never combined, and this is the only film I've ever seen it happen in. The film is called The Devil's Tomb. It's from 2009. It's directed by Jason Connery. Uh, and here's a couple of the the cliff notes for you of what the film's about: an evil entombed for two thousand years until now. When a scientist leading a top-secret military archaeological site goes missing, the elite military unit is sent in in search for a rescue mission. Descending deep below the cradle of civilization, a captain and his team soon find themselves face-to-face with an ancient evil. An evil maybe not from this world. So it's very... Starring
2: Cuba Gooding... Or wait, no.
0: Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, Ron Perlman, Henry Rollins... And Taryn Mannings, who is from Orange is the New Black, I believe.
2: And some, uh, the doctor, I feel like I recognized her from something else. Yes, like, I like she always her plays name. like the dumb slut character.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this is something I always do. I, I can't help it. I always look at the names in films and mm-hmm. try to see if there's word magic. So, the interesting part about this, all the characters' names, there's Mac. Marcus, Yoshi, Nichols, um, Dr. Alice Cardell, Hicks, Clicks and Father Jacob Fulton. A lot of these names are just singular names like nicknames within the squad. Like clearly you can see that uh, um, Clicks is going to be the tech guy. So that's why he's got his name. But if you actually look into the the history behind these names and the morphology of them, they make sense to the character in the storyline, which I don't think a regular writer would go to that effort to do. So Mac is Cooper Gooding Jr., our leader of the squad. Mac, as a lot of people would know, is from Irish and Scottish, meaning son of. Additionally, Mac in Latin means the greatest. So in this film, Mac is depicted as the greatest son of God. So the greatest Ooh. being God, and Mac is his son. So he's a son of God. We go and to that Mar- is
2: very much like his character.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Um, we go to Marcus, whose nickname is Hammer, in this. Hammer is like the big, tough, broad guy, the most soldiery soldier of them all. Uh, Marx is Latin, and it means dedicated to Mars. Mars was the god of war. Um, and his nickname, Hammer, puts him in the position that he's the Hammer of War.
1: Mm-hmm. So he's
0: that physical military presence in the film. Um, we've got Yoshi, which is the Japanese-American um, woman in it. Um, her name means respectful or virtuous later on we find out she hasn't really lived a virtuous life so it's kind of inverted that idea Nichols who's the red-headed guy in it ginger. Is, German, is German and Nichols means the devil's copper what so you have a ginger named after devil's copper totally makes sense mm-hmm. um, Dr Eliza Cardell so this is a two-name breakdown so it's Hebrew. Eliza is Hebrew in origin, meaning God's promise. And Cardell is Cornish, meaning high valor. And we later find out that she's the most virtuous and most brave person in this film. She's willingly putting herself in harm's way to sacrifice herself to save everyone. So it's yes. almost like God's promise working through her to save humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clicks is a smaller one. He's our tech expert in the film. Where you think, okay, it just makes sense as a nickname. But click is a name of German origin and was first recorded in Bohemia, of all places. And the last major one, Father Jacob Fulton, which is played by Ron Perlman. Hebrew in origin, Jacob meaning um, may God protect or supplement, circumvent, or assail or overreach. Fulton is English, means settlement of foul peoples. So he's a a priest who's been supplanted into this base to overcome the evil of the Nephilim inside.
2: Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, I do want people to watch this movie because it's exactly what you said. It's the only movie I've ever seen where they show a gray alien and they go, it's a Nephilim. And you're like, what? And so that's really interesting. Everybody fucking dies except for Kuba.
0: Yeah, it's from 2009. If you're worried about spoilers, you come to the wrong place,
2: folks. (laughs) I know, right? I had never seen it until you recommended it, and then I started it up and I was like, oh, it's the guy from Hellboy.
0: Yeah. Um, And ironically, he's one of the tribe, too. Ron Perlman's Mm -hmm. a Jewish person, of course. But this film, like we discussed prior to starting this episode, it's really B-grade. You could say it's almost (laughs) C-grade in a lot of ways. But as I said, it's the only time you see a gray alien actively spoken about as being in the film. And it's naturally flown under the radar, which I think
2: that it was the only gripe that I have is what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode, which is I don't think they would have boils and sores all over them.
0: No, and so what we're talking about there is all the scientists and priests that are in this military underground base where this film is being kept, once they fall for the deception, they physically manifest in like boils and warts and plague type of a deal, which, like you said, if the devil's coming at you, he's not going to come at you like a a plague victim. He's going (laughs) to come at you with niceties. He's going to give you all those wonderful little trinkets that you want, not Mm -hmm. being a disgusting horrible creature
2: yeah and vomiting in your mouth slime yeah black slime but black yeah.
0: goo in fact yeah. every time they transferred a possession it was black goo
2: Hmm. so in the movie they are singled out and that's the first way you break a team up is you take one person you kind of lead them off you get them all possessed and then you take another person and break them off from the group and get them up uh, Possessed or whatever. So the first one was the doctor who was very religious. She's Catholic. She's in the helicopter doing. Praying.
0: Yes. Yeah. They're they're flying into a storm of all things as they're going into a mission. They're literally facing
1: Mm -hmm. a certain
0: destruction from the get go. But the group itself is almost representative of humanity as a whole. Every single member of the group is a different ethnicity. Or a different, like different country and aspect. There's a few white people. There's an Asian. There's an Af- there's a couple of African Americans. There's a Latin American. All the major races of Earth are represented in this one group. It's so like it's representing all the tribes of man, right? And a ginger, of course.
2: Mm-hmm. They, they played the ginger card
0: <laughs> really hard, and he's, he's quite a scumbag too, <laughs> to yeah. compared to the others.
2: And there was so think about this: there was a ginger, an Asian a black two black guys and uh hispanic type of guy i i thought he was hispanic to me he seemed like he was yeah he
0: seemed latin american and
2: there was a white guy um i don't know what the doctor was she kind of had red hair too but she was like the whore of babylon kind of character Mm -hmm. and the asian chick was also a lesbian So it's like that meme I shared or the reel I shared on Instagram, where it was like, I'm playing the gay card. I'm playing the (laughs) card. She was an Asian lesbian, um, what female. So she's got all, they're all represented. She's got the race card, the gay card, (laughs) the female card and, It was kind of like representative in that way where they're showing different types of people and how they're interacting as a team, but they all have a weakness that gets exposed and that's ultimately their downfall.
0: Yes, it's, um, and you see that in demon possession and demon encounters, often they represent themselves as dead loved ones to try and lure you in. They try to show you the things you most love in life or even the things you desire. Um, not so much the demonic evil boily wart side that we see <laughs> later on when they're hooking them in initially, it's always showing a loved one, someone that's passed um, that deception. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting that they talk about the scientist Wesley at the very start of it has this little um, speech as the credits pre-credits are rolling. And he says, the only reason we found this place is because they were looking for the weapons of mass destruction that never existed. God (laughs) certainly has a master plan.
2: (laughs) I know, that's so crazy. If you can get past the quality, it actually is a pretty good story. And it's a experiment in your faith. Very Yes,
0: because it really tries to... Depict that, and I've got it in a quote. He says that humanity's caught in between a game of good cop, bad cop, and we've all been deceived. And they're trying to make humanity question whether God's really the good guy or if it's Satan is the good guy. And of course, the satanic side are trying to give you all the things you want. Like I said, they try to give you the salvation without the rule book.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And The Ginger, of course, has one of the most interesting deceptions because he's so shallow, this guy. And he sees a naked lady and he's all following her like, ooh, I'm going to get some tail. And it turns into this blistered up, dilapidated old guy that just pukes vomit into his (laughs) mouth. But that was like one of the worst ones. And it was being deceived by a child, being deceived by sexuality, being deceived by a, a passed a away dead loved one. one. Yeah. Yes.
0: And we, we kind of saw that when the, the one he was decepted by this, really hot woman, right, was actually one of the Playboy models in the magazine he was looking at first, like, when you put two and two together this woman's not actually here.
2: Yeah, so he's like an airhead. Yeah, he and- fell
0: for the deception of the flesh, right? The flesh is weak. Yeah. <laughs> Did you pick up on the name of the project? So the secret project that these scientists and military are there for is called the Gehenna Project.
2: The Gehenna? Or-
0: Gehenna, yeah. Gehenna or Gina, if it's in Arabic. So this is attributed to a voice of a human being produced in undulating pattern in order to create effects of the rapture, which has been outlawed by the Islamic faith because it's so dangerous. And we saw this. If you've ever seen don't mess with the Zohan, they talk about Jews and Arabs getting together to create the voice and they destroy things with their voice together. This is what they're talking about.
2: And it goes back to this whole sound vibration thing where Mm -hmm. a lot of the ancient text says they sung the pyramid together.
0: Yeah, even um, the trumpets which brought down the walls of Jericho.
2: Right. That's sound yes. weapons
0: right there, right? Yes. Um, throughout the rest of this whole movie, we see this grey entity, um, which you naturally assume is an alien, but it's frozen in ice the whole time. And that's what I liken to what the firmament could be mm-hmm. or the ice wall. This entity's in it and it's got this grey little hand hanging out. You go, yeah, that's totally an alien.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you get visions throughout the movie of like these dead loved ones and flashbacks and things you can say it's actually more spiritual in nature opposed to being a physical um bone blood and bone alien
2: and they leave it until the very last second when you see the big ice block with the bulbous head and the big eyes, the big eyes. Like, oh it's an it's an alien and they leave it till the last second where kuba's like bitch you better tell me what's going on and she said it's Nephilim. <laughs> <laughs> um-
0: Did you pick up on any of the other stuff that Wesley, the scientist, says? So the whole idea is they're going in to extract this scientist named Wesley. He's the one studying this entity. They need to get him out in under six hours or the place is going to explode. You see these recordings on TV screens and monitors throughout it. And each of these little interactions you see give a lot about what's going on in our realm, I think. So his first recording you see, he says, God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. They move about the earth with such ease. Hospitals crowded with the mentally ill, those that can clearly see the truth. Now, I've had a theory for a long time. The mentally ill may not necessarily be mentally ill. They are either more open to seeing these entities or they are possessed by these entities.
2: Ooh, yes, definitely. So
0: that harkens back to they actually can see the truth. They can see these entities walking amongst us.
2: That would mean- make me go crazy I- if I
0: saw that all the time, right?
2: It's a phrenic, right?
0: absolutely schizos 100 mm-hmm. percent. and you see that sometimes sometimes some schizophrenic people their eyes are not right they do not look human there's something else behind the wheel there
2: Mm-hmm. yes just like people who hear voices in their head and so exactly. schizophrenic can be like you either you hear stuff or you see stuff mm-hmm. or a combination which is really fucked up like you hear and see stuff and they put you on what Big pharma petroleum pills, and they think that's gonna fucking fix it.
0: <laughs> which ironically shuts down parts of the brain, which used to be quite developed back in a certain time. Mm-hmm. Pineal gland, all those types of things, which, you know, it's a really contentious issue where a lot of people think that a lot of spirituality could be demonic in nature or a deception. I think maybe there's a possibility that God actually gave us these gifts as well. And that when it was Adam in the garden, he was taught how to use those gifts. But after the fall of man, the demonic entities took those same gifts, but put an evil intention on it. It's the same Uh thing with technology. uh Any piece of technology can be a saving grace or it can be turned into a weapon. It's just the intention behind it, right?
2: Yes, I, I always say that. Someone was like, oh, are you saying if I burn sage in my house that it's witchcraft? And I was like, are you doing black magic with it? <laughs> I mean, like, for real, come on, people.
0: Now, this movie overall, it's a fun little watch. Like I said, B grade, very C grade. <laughs> it's one of the last times I saw Cooper Gooding Jr. in a film, to be honest.
2: I know. But right. that was before he got found out. My husband said, I guess he was like groping somebody, groping women, <laughs> whatever he was doing. <laughs> he got canceled.
0: He still did. Even that we've got like Ron Perlman in it as a low entry one and Henry Rollins of all people. Like Henry Rollins plays a priest in this. He's the most ungodly person you would see in like real life with the amount of stuff he's done.
2: That might also be part of the irony though.
0: Right? Exactly. Did anything stand out for you at all? Did you make any little connections or anything make you think?
2: Yeah, so the uh, Flat Earth episode that I did uh, with Josh Monday, he talked about how Shield or Hell is sometimes referred to as the Abuso. And there was something scrawled on the wall next to a dead lab tech with their head all blown out. And it almost looked to me like it could have been abuso or abyss or something like that scrawled on the wall and i have said continuously that a lot of these military projects are them just trying to open a gateway to the abyss
0: yeah i think abuso and they noticed it in the film um click their tech guy who just managed to speak a whole heap of languages said Mm -hmm. it means welcome to hell i haven't actually checked that translation myself but I think that's a loose sense. translation. A loose translation, very loose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, yeah, like you said, um, I don't think it's just drilling down into physical parts of the earth. I think things like CERN yeah. and maybe even a lot of um, psychic type of things like remote viewing are means of tapping into where these things are. Like if you can remote view where a trapped demon is, they can give you information firsthand. And we've mm-hmm. seen that. We've heard about people being left under a lucid state of LSD and other psychotropics for hours on end so they can communicate with these clockwork elves and these other entities in this other realm.
2: Right. Science mm-hmm. is
0: working on it all the time.
2: Yeah, and I think sometimes movies like this, and this is just my opinion, because if you know anything about the Jesuits, you know that they are just a sect that was created by the Templars. And so it's always Catholic priests who get possessed or Catholic people of Catholic faith that get possessed. And that's not just this movie, the exorcism of Emily Rose, all of these movies are, well, she was Catholic and then they send in a Catholic priest to try to get the demon out. And to me, that's kind of a nod in that direction where, they never show someone who's like a jehovah's witness getting possessed by a demon it's no. always like a catholic person getting possessed and they have and rosaries to... all over them and shit you yeah
0: know? not to offend any catholics out there i think if you believe in christ you are a christian but yes. at its core the actual entity that is the catholic church seems very subverted and very controlled so much to the point like you said even under their own documents their exorcisms a lot of them fail the people who are being exorcised die it's mm-hmm. because they're trying to exercise entity that predate Catholicism. Mm-hmm. If you really want to exercise these things, you have to go through methods that predate what their dogma is. It's just not going to work. And we mm-hmm. see that in another horror film. Um, the one with the girl who has twins and they're trying to, she had a twin in the, in utero and she ate her. You and the
2: unborn,
0: um, the unborn that one, they actually get multiple faith healers yes. in yes all saying the same prayer in their own like little forms to try and
2: mm-hmm. cast um, exercise out.
0: the demon yeah
2: and you know what's referenced in there it's funny i just mentioned this in another episode but mangala and Joseph the Holocaust are mm-hmm. mentioned in that horror movie there's another one called something where she gets like a little thing in her throat and basically her dad took her to a yard cell and she brought home, she thought it was a jewelry box, but it ended up being like a debit box, one of those Jewish, they trapped spirits in them. And it took a Jewish priest, I guess that's what they call them, priests. Rabbi? A rabbi. A rabbi. Yeah. And he had to cast it out. And he had to do it in the language of the spirit that was inhabiting her. So... Moses wrote the Torah and the Torah was divinely inspired by the word of God. So it's very powerful, different than the Catholic exorcism rituals. And a Which lot I'll... of those are in English.
0: Yes. And a lot of those, actually, a lot of, such as the rosary beads, um, penitence, a lot of actually aspects of Catholicism were added by the Romans Um, we see that a lot in our in our public holidays and things of today they are just um, reminiscent parts of paganism that they tried to incorporate so they could opt people into the faith because it had it was an empire that spanned multiple cultures and peoples they tried to influence many parts of it so it's more palatable for those people and that in itself is a problem because it's a diluted version of what the word is
2: now think of it like this and again no offense to anyone it's just i've done a lot of research on the jesuits and where they came from and the templars and where they came from and it's like trying to cast a demon out with another demon how
0: yeah, fighting fire think with that
2: fire. was gonna work <laughs> right
0: <laughs> it's like pokemon <laughs> oh, charizard i choose you <laughs>
2: right yeah <laughs> so And in the Star Trek episode that uh, we were both a part of, I mentioned that we've been programmed to believe in space and be infatuated with space. Because if there's other worlds out there or other beings, then there's no Bible because the Bible doesn't talk about that. So obviously the creation story is BS, because when did he create Mars and when did he create all these uh, the green ones and the blue ones and yeah and, and you would have to question everything right
0: yeah that's right and the Catholics have been really smart trying to get ahead of that now where they've got all these space telescopes like Lucifer One which is called nicknamed Lucy <laughs> now where oh, they're wow. actively look actively looking for UFOs habitable worlds and the Catholic position is the existence of aliens or st- living entities on other worlds does not dismiss god we just need to bring the word of god to them so does in their own you? no it's but it's like you can see that they what they're trying to do they want to get people into the mindset that we can go on to other worlds and we can convert other people to be christians but i don't think there's an ability to leave this realm we might be able to step into other dimensions that exist in our same space but in different like way format but we Mm -hmm. can't actually leave this space i think that's what the firmament's for only once um we pass and if we do go into god's good graces that's when we get to see what's up there or what's beyond but i don't think we can physically leave this realm
2: no i don't either but if you look into paranormal activity there's documented paranormal activity that's why i say some people will say there's no other dimensions and i argue with that because actually paranormal activity is a real thing maybe it's not ghosts of your dead loved ones maybe it's like a deception of a ghost of your dead loved one kind of like the movie the devil's tomb they can take whatever form but documented paranormal activity is you kind of seeing a little bit through the veil
0: exactly and humans today are very domesticated to what we used to be in a lot of a lot of ways we're detached from nature we're detached from the from the physical world more than we ever have been and there's a really great video it's a slowed down capture footage of a gorilla at a zoo in new york and it's filtered with a lens on it that can pick up low um, ultraviolet light that human eye can't see and you see this rod and they're synonymous with ufos as well it's like a, a long tube with like little legs sticking out of it and it flies past this gorilla the gorilla stops tracks it with its eyes can see it going the whole time gorillas are capable of seeing these things we know cats and dogs can sense these things right. humans for the most part cannot see them and when we can generally it's children that see them more than anything else because they haven't been domesticated yet
2: right it's always kids And then they tell their kids, and their parents are like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) But there is a piece of us that can tap into that. Which is why I don't always say everything is demonic. I'm not that kind of a person. I just know there is other aspects of this that exist. It can't just be there's no ghosts. There's no this, that. The Bible itself is actually a very supernatural text but it's kind of teaching you how to be a warrior against those other things.
0: And we have to think that if there are other realms or other dimensions, there could be good dimensions. There could be genuine, meaningful angels that work for or are a part of God's creation there to help us in other realms. So it's not just, yeah, it's not to say that every single realm is going to have dark entities there. There Mm -hmm. could be good ones. Just like that's the, the cue for there could be great aliens out there in different places for us to say where in reality it's in our same realm and a different frequency.
2: Yeah. Because there are prayers where you can call on the four angels. You can call on Michael and Gabriel and Raphael and Uriel. And they're kind of like God's main guys. And if there are fallen angels, there are still heavenly angels.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it, if the evil exists, the light has to exist also. There can't be darkness without light. Now, I'm going to freak you out. With our physical
2: eyes though.
0: Yeah. I'm going to freak you out for a moment though. You know how we're talking about kids seeing things. And when we first started talking for the listeners, we were talking about our own experiences, but we never got into it. We wanted to save it for the show. I'm going to send you now via my phone to you, pictures of an entity that I saw when I was a kid.
2: Oh, just... no, you are not.
0: So here's the back down for this one, Julia. When I was a kid, my father had an XY Falcon that was going to be his project car. He was going to restore it and have it all geared up, ready for a weekend, like travelling car. As soon as we got it and put it at the back of our property, I was fearful of it. I always said the man with the big head is watching me and I was scared shitless as a kid. I was four years old, would cry, kick and scream every time they tried to drag me near it. My mum my sat me down and said, you know, what's wrong? It's, it's nothing there. And she, I would cry and I'd be adamant that the old man was watching me. So she said, sit down and draw this for me. So I sat down and I drew, without a word of a lie, what you would consider a grey alien. And what? the picture that I've just sent Julia, which we'll have to put up somewhere for the listeners to see, is a picture Hang of the car. On. We found a photo years later, years later for my 18th birthday. We're going through old family photos. And we found a photograph with what looks like a ghostly figure sitting in the front seat of this car that looks like an apparition of a gray alien.
2: I'm I'm airdropping it to myself. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I have to show the listeners. This is so crazy. Oh Okay. Hang and,
0: on. And I've heard about your stories as well. This wasn't the only and last time that I've had interactions with something that i can't explain in my life it later became um shadow people in my early 20s and then an orb when i was in my late 20s and had an hour of missing time so there it is that's the the ford falcon you can see there's a bit of an apparition in the first photo
2: I'll show it without the circle first.
0: Without the circle first, yep. So you can kind of see it. That's the zoomed in. You can see that almost um, almond-shaped eye going on there and one on the other side. Some people have said that it looks like an owl, but often owls are associated with grey aliens in, in encounters as well. But the interesting thing being about this is I was the only one could see it in my family when I was four years old.
2: Wow. That looks like a lizard person for real.
0: Look at that. Now, now if we think about the Nephilim or the Fallen Ones being spiritual entities that don't have a physical body, I'd put this down to what this is what that is. And if they do encounter us in the physical realm, they have to be using a vessel, which might be a genetically engineered grey alien.
2: Yes, I agree. Now, this gave me chills, looking at this. Your mom was convinced, right, after this photo?
0: Yeah, after the, the whole family was. Like, my mom kind of had an idea I saw something when I drew it because I was a four-year-old. Like, where would I have seen an alien before? Drew a gray alien. And then we found this photo years later, and the whole family was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, my that.
2: God. <laughs> so, does your mom believe in aliens?
0: She does, Yeah. A big time alien believer. Um, we've had conversations now that I'm I'm pivoting towards something else, and she's not on board. But there we go. That was it.
2: You have to break it down for her.
0: I've and tried. I've tried. It's really I like a lot of I like a, a lot of other things. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sow seeds, little bits, a lot of. Water. I can't do everything at once because that overwhelms. I'm trying to drop little bits here and there and then waiting for her to come back and ask questions. I don't think these are the types of topics you can just unload on people and tell them this is it. It's just no, too big.
2: That's why I broke the series I did up into four episodes and gave people a break in between them so they could kind of digest the first one before they went on to the next part. Because I, in total, that's like four or so hours of information how do you tell somebody that in a 20 minute conversation
0: you can't and it's heavy information too 20 minutes of heavy information is
2: inundating too much to yes. want to listen
0: yeah and that's when the defense mechanisms come up you put a wall you try to push back against it because it changes your whole understanding of what life and reality is
2: yeah and my paranormal experiences i if you heard it did you hear it on my show
0: um i heard it through deborah gets red Peeled. And yeah. I've heard you speaking about it on a couple of other shows before as well. Mm-hmm. But Have so, you had shadow entity experiences before?
2: No, that's the crazy thing. It was always in my grandma's house, like a vision of one of my loved ones.
0: Oh, so it that was could still be alive. Oh, that's it. If they're still alive, that tells me it's not quite good. You know? Yeah.
2: So that's where you get into the shape shifter idea and i lose people when i say that but if you've ever been through it in real life it makes more sense to think that you could see apparitions of dead or a living people but it's not really them so it is a deception so lucifer is described as the most beautiful angel but how do they describe him in the garden he was well, a snake yeah so obviously they can change the form that they take
0: even these tall nordics that we hear about they're always depicted as white people but that's often said that if you see them in the right angle of light it looks like you're looking at an oil slick it's all colorful and shiny and that's put down to they have such small tight form scales on their skin so they're even though they look human they are still reptilian in origin that, that's what's reflecting the light. So they're almost shining like the shining ones.
2: Mm-hmm. Or feathers. Yes. Little, tiny feathers. <laughs> you think? Could be. A lot of them were bird headed.
0: Yes. A lot Quecks of and could... and Chinese dragons and all like.
2: Mm-hmm. And they're described as being feathered serpents.
0: So so serpents with the ability to fly. Like.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if that's just our um, primitive understanding of serpentine creatures that had the ability to fly via technology where you might use a dragon to communicate that.
2: Yeah something that I'm glad you brought that up because you had asked me and I probably should have clarified this in the episode but by the time I got to the fourth episode I was really tired. (laughs) Um, I was talking about the elven race and the fairy race and the dragon race and It wasn't that they were actually dragons or actually elves with like pointy ears or actually fairies like Tinkerbell, but those were specific bloodlines and they were called the dragon bloodline, the elven bloodline, the fairy bloodline. And they were representative of a matriarchal or a patriarchal Nephilim bloodline. So they created in these fairy tales, literally fairy tales, creatures to represent those, like a mascot for those families.
0: Well, like going back to where, like what's the original human species, there's another absolutely horrifying idea that all Europeans are descended from Nephilim bloodlines because Fairy folk, fae means fair-skinned. Mm-hmm. Pixie is from the picked people, the Scots. Um, Alvin is actually a, an ancient word which means fair-skinned. So See? all these supernatural beings are fair-skinned and they kind of popped up out of nowhere in the, the archeolo- archaeological record. Like there's no
1: <laughs> understanding right. that they could
0: have just come out of Africa because they would be melanated. So right. are we as Caucasoid people an admixture of something more spiritual that wasn't intended or away just from another realm like we could be from a realm that's uh different from our own may not necessarily be able it could be a good realm but we just managed to find our way into this one we don't know and I think that's also another part of the faith that you need to keep questioning even the word itself if you don't question it and try to understand it yourself you're not going to come to a point of understanding which I think every Christian or every person should do in general
2: yeah, because you can't just go to church and, and take everything that the preacher reads to you and his interpretation of it as that's what it means. You really need to read it for yourself and see if you can do your own research search on it to come up with your own conclusions on what certain things mean. Because a lot of times, just like when I said elves or fairies or dragons, it could just be representative of a bloodline, or it could be literal. Some of the stuff in the Bible is probably literal, but we've made it like fairy tale stuff, like the flood uh and then you have people who say that gingers are mutants that that's for real there we have mutants. yeah we do have a
0: mutant chain, yeah,
2: mhm. And we're almost like negative in melanin.
0: Yeah. Um, the amount of vitamin D I have to take to stop myself from burning. Like I always thought I had high enough vitamin D levels until like the whole COVID thing happened.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm taking
0: like 10,000 international units a day and I no longer get sunburned to the extent I used to.
2: And that sounds like a lot, but it's really not. 10, it's not.
0: 000. God, no. It's like base level what you should have.
2: Mm-hmm people are so deficient in vitamin D and it's also a hormone. It like regulates a bunch of stuff yeah. in your body. You need it just like vitamin C and everything. But if you get vitamin D three with like some type of oil in it, that's supposed to be better for you. Cause, or what is it? K2 kind of yeah. tells the vitamin D where to go. So it doesn't get like in your arteries or something like that. But, I went to the doctor and she, uh, this is years ago when I actually used to go to the doctor, they did labs on me and they said, Oh, you have like no vitamin D level at all. (laughs) Like so low. And I started taking some, I still take some now in like a liquid form game changer for real game changer. Everyone needs to be on some type of vitamin D.
0: What about bloodline, like um, blood types? Do you know what blood type you are at all?
2: Uh, I've never gotten it tested.
0: And and most people don't know, unless they've been in the hospital and needed a blood transfusion or had to donate, most people don't know what their blood type is.
2: And that's very interesting because people love knowing where they came from, which is exactly. why they came out with ancestry DNA. Twenty three
0: and me.
2: And me. <laughs> Have you and done of course, one?
0: I haven't, no. I, I I see that as a we're gonna show you what we want you to say and we've got a database of what your DNA is type of a deal. hmm But it's um
2: just a I BS think, story anyways. How do oh, they Oh
0: yeah. They don't know. They absolutely they don't know. But I, I'm another person. I don't know my blood type. I have a very sneaking suspicion that I'm RH negative just by certain um, physical characteristics I have, um, mm-hmm. certain health things that I have. I'm, I'm sure that I'm that. I need to get it tested to find out. But
2: So RH negative does have weird things wrong with them. And... The episode that I did covering it, a lot of people will say that the RH negative have kind of more sensitive to psychic abilities and sensitive to picking up on things, which could be used, like you said, with your intent, you know, but using that thing in the car when you were a kid kind of tells me that maybe you were more tapped into that.
0: And yeah. it's not just that; it happened throughout my life. I've had two other incidents, or three, really. Um, one again was a little kid. My dad was getting firewood up the bush. and He was cutting down a tree with his mates, splitting wood, and I went for a wander down a track. And either side of the bush, I could hear giggling, like little type of, like little creatures giggling and laughing at me and scurrying around in the bushes. That scared the shit out of me. I ran. Never thought much of it. Um, fast forward until my Why? early twenties, I was having sleep paralysis every night um, seeing that figure in the corner of the room to one point I f- could physically see at one side of my eye and I was paralyzed two shadow figures talking to each other discussing how they were going to move me out of the room saying You're- they're going to slide their hands under me and I felt hands go under me and I, all I could feel in myself was I've got to do something I've got to hit them I've got to try and fight back and exactly. at that point they I couldn't do it because i was paralyzed and that point when i was thinking to myself i've got to hit them i've got to hit them they stopped looked at each other and were like oh shit he's he's conscious and they disappeared
2: oh my god
0: after that after that event never had sleep paralysis again really yep just stopped after it sounds like, like, like an, like like an almost
2: abduction story
0: almost and then fast forward again till i was 27 so quite a few years back now six or seven years ago i was driving down a highway along here in the country and had an orb experience big light set come up behind me and my listeners have heard this a million times so i'm sorry essentially this big bright light came up behind me i thought was a four-wheel drive with driving lights turns out being a bright orb came past my car my car shut down stopped moving had a blinding headache it disappeared. I drove home, and when I got home, I realized I'd been missing an hour in time. No. Had a migraine for, like, the next three days, too.
2: Do you have implants? (laughs) I hope not. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like another story I've heard one time where a guy was just driving down the road, saw a big, bright flash of light, thought it lasted 10 seconds, got to where he was going, and he was, like, an hour late for whatever appointment it was that he was trying to make it to. So, wow. I still the, I still don't believe in aliens, though.
0: No, and the thing that I find really interesting is that in this part of the world, the Indigenous people have a thing called bun bun lights, which is essentially the same thing, a bright orb that takes people away from the camp and they can return a few hours later, days later, years later, and they don't realise they've been gone. And it's very close to one of our Air Force bases as well.
2: Oh telltale sign so,
0: absolutely right
2: wow were you sick like in any like did you feel fluish
0: no just a migraine like and i don't ever get migraines it was the weirdest sensation
2: nothing since then recently no
0: no nothing wow
2: i sure the shit wouldn't want sleep paralysis though
0: no it's not fun <laughs> it's because really not fun.
2: you hear them like coming and like laying on you and stuff when you can't move the shadow figures yeah
0: whoa prior to them talking to each other when there was two it was always in the room watching me and that's the the impression and the feeling that I felt
2: and you didn't ask to sleep in the bed with your parents after that I would have been like I'm never going in my room again
0: no that was in my 20s oh wow I
2: sorry you said that like
0: 27
2: or something you said
0: yeah, I was early 20s. And then the, um, the orbit and the missing time happened when I was 27. So it was progressively getting more and more into the physical. Wow. It was seeing it when I was little, hearing it when I was a little bit older, um, physically having it in the room and then actually missing time.
2: So when you've had stuff like that happen to you, you end up um, being the host of a conspiracy theory podcast because it's so easy to believe that this kind of stuff is going on.
0: Yeah and but like I said it's completely pivoted to what I thought it was.
2: Yeah but you still knew it was something more than meets the it, eye.
0: Yeah yes it was more than what reality is is presenting to us. That was always a given. But what I'd experienced I couldn't explain.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: could have theories about it but I'd never be able to understand it. Do you and have now kids? I think I'm I don't have kids yet no.
2: Okay. I was going to say watch them be little psychics or something.
0: <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> and ironically my wife says that she has sight like she's um she's got irish blood like irish gypsy blood in her so as a child she said she could see things from time to time she said she can see things
2: and you two ended up getting together your kids are gonna come out like all crazy
0: yeah and ginger who knows
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious but I think that it is something with the blood types. I think even the fact that they're willing to say gingers have mutant DNA says something. And are you familiar with the story of Travis Walton?
0: Uh, that's the fire in the sky.
2: Yes. situation. Yeah. Yep. So he saw the biological greys first, but yes. they didn't really interact with him like that.
0: Yeah, and, and- they, admit, they admit the other alien that's in the room as well, the controlling one. That doesn't make its way into the film or into a lot of the interviews you see from him.
2: Right, but he said it was in there. Mm-hmm. And after he like wrestles free from what they were trying to put some kind of contraption on his chest and he kind of breaks loose and he goes running down the hallway and who does he fucking see? He sees someone that looks like us but their eyes were different they were pale skin white blonde hair and big blue eyes but the eyes weren't blue like earth blue they were freaky blue and then he's led into like a hangar type area and then these girls who also have blonde hair blue eyes put a gas mask on him the next thing he knows he's waking up naked on the side of the road or whatever still sounds like fallen angels to me
0: yeah it alludes to that whole idea of a great deception being the gray aliens the ugly ones invade and they use technology they've got from these entities to wipe out cities to kill heaps of humans mm-hmm. to get us to the point where we're all worked up united together and then our savior arrives that ends up being this angelic alien species here to help us mm-hmm.
2: they're setting us up
0: for complete control
2: you know why i know that's true is because people like Corey good who were big extraterrestrial pushers have now been found out to be charlatans
0: yes old cory with his avian people mm-hmm. and now living on mars fighting wars and stuff like that
2: and i've is, said is, this before
0: Sorry, he's oh, selling people for intellectual property, is he not? This is the experience I've had, but no one else is allowed to talk about it because it's my intellectual property. Yeah, mate, you fucking made it up.
2: <laughs> right, out of your <laughs> imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've said this before, and it's kind of like you said, I'm sure my listeners are sick of hearing this, but the Corey Goode, David Wilcock, Gaia, alien pushers, they always talk about the law of one. And they were channelers who were getting information from these fallen ones, claiming to be raw from ancient Egypt. And to me, that's, that is black magic, what they're
0: doing. It's like the whole, is, I can't remember the doctor's name, um, the CE5 Protocols. All of a sudden, this guy comes out of the woodwork, he's friends with the Rockefellers, um, and he's developed this protocol, which is very Buddhist and spiritual in nature where you can summon summon UFOs oh, to you. A...
2: And this
0: guy's making bank on this, and there's all these big-time UFO people who used to be in the realm of, oh, yeah, there's aliens out there in different species, uh, species cool, that have jumped on board with it, and God knows what they're actually summoning.
2: Mhm. So where are you, c- like mermaids and stuff?
0: I don't know. I think anything that's potentially on earth could either be a creation of God or it's a manipulated entity. Like if we think of times prior to the flood, the antediluvian races of man, you could have things like Sasquatch, Yeti, Dogman. A lot of these ancient cultures have human animal hybrids depicted. Mm-hmm. Um dragons chimeras all these things could have been the play toys of these nephilim or these fallen ones taking a little bit of column a a little bit of column b making their own creatures and letting Mm -hmm. them out amongst the world i'm even at the point where the so-called dinosaur bones like the ones that are real that aren't made up ones that uh grand down chicken bones in china those could be leftovers from giants and dragons and other large other large creatures
2: they have to explain why they have Gigantic vertebrae sticking out, yeah. of the
0: ground.
2: and they don't even, want to it was a giant.
0: No, even Australia prior to the last five thousand years had megafauna. We had like three meter tall kangaroos with short faces that would eat people, and we had rhinoceros sized wombats and marsupial lions. All these giant creatures that somehow died from climate change (air quotes). But the the Aboriginal people encountered them. They've got rock paintings of them. They've got rock paintings of existing animals. But we've also got rock paintings of these spirits that look very alien or demonic in nature. If they're painting them, they've seen them. You don't just paint a a, a lizard. Okay, that existed because there's lizards today. But that other thing, we haven't seen those, so they don't exist.
2: Right, the giant wombats. Yeah. If they're small ones, there was probably big ones at one time. Right.
0: Yeah, and we've got the so-called bones to prove it in a lot of circumstances. Yeah,
2: look at the uh, hieroglyphics of giants just kind of delicately placing the obelisks where (laughs) they are, you know?
0: Even the pharaohs sitting, if you were to extrapolate them standing up, they're like two people high. Mm -hmm. So you can see that they're like the sons of the giants and they've been supplanted in certain cultures as their kings, like the intermediaries between this higher spiritual power that's trying to control things.
2: Yeah, and I don't buy that bullshit where they say that they depicted them larger than the peasants because they were a higher status. So they made them bigger on the wall and the, yeah, the common people smaller because there is a depiction of Akhenaten and his wife, Mary Totten, which, by the way, they were siblings. So you get your nice little incest moment there and they're holding their kids and their kids are tiny in their in their laps so that doesn't make sense they were royal too why are they depicting them the real size
0: it's like what you hinted at earlier it's like so many generations of interbreeding or breeding outside to keep the lines pure to some degree they lost their a lot of their physical traits but that Mm -hmm. that magic that power is still within their blood and you can see that later forms of egypt and mesoamerica they actually did bind the heads to make them elongated because they were trying to replicate something they previously had
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and some bones are naturally like that others you can tell are replicated but they were trying to maintain their physical appearance to what they originally had as a a power structure
2: yes so that's where you get people who watch ancient aliens
0: god did you you love did you love that back in the day as well like i did i was all in on that that was such a revel. uh, it was a breaking type of series that kind of drew so many people to it. And now I know why it's a part of the deception.
2: Yes. And it was so binge worthy for me. I could sit and watch 20 episodes of it and just like, wow, this is it right here. They're speaking the truth. And now that I know what I know, I go back and watch those episodes and it's like, they almost purposely twist things to make it Mm. look like it's extraterrestrial, you know?
0: Yeah. Just to keep you off the scent. Did you notice at the same time Ancient Aliens came out, they had a series called Monster Quest and it was all about cryptids? Uh, on last- the
2: History Channel? On History or-
0: Channel. It only-, yeah. it only lasted three seasons and that tells me maybe they were exposing too much of the things in our reality because they let <laughs> yeah. ancient aliens keep going but that was you no know, that's too far you can't watch that
2: right there was a guy on maybe it was travel channel but he would go around to like all these ancient places and just see if he could catch a bigfoot or catch a cryptid and i don't know if that show is still on but it came on right after ghost hunters yeah do you remember that show?
0: Yeah, I remember that one, Yep.
2: Okay, because I watched all of them. I watched Ghost Hunters and um, Ghost Adventures and Dead Files. I watched all of those shows.
0: I had to hunt those down back in the day. Like Australia, like cable-wise or pay TV, that was slowly came to Australia. A lot of those shows I had to order in from the States on DVD and pay a buttload for them and then watch them nice. on like DVD players that could actually watch international films and things. Because it wasn't on our version of pay TV. You couldn't get a hold of it. Really? Yeah. For oh, the longest time. Oh, they played
2: the shit out of that stuff over here. Anytime you turned on TV, it was Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures or some ancient aliens or some kind of history channel show. And my mom even paid for, like, the extended bundle and she got all the true crime stuff so um people ask me why I put all three of those things together on my podcast is because that's what I grew up watching is (laughs) crime uh ancient aliens and ghost hunters (laughs) So,
0: what do you make of? and you've spoken to it a little bit in your previous episodes about the flight of the film what do you make of Graham Hancock suddenly getting all this press and light in Netflix
2: because he's an ancient aliens pusher
0: yeah, he's almost, he's he's not quite saying it, but he's, he's subtly showing around it, isn't the he?
2: bush, but that's what he, he thinks.
0: Yeah, he's he's trying to make himself um, more palatable to mainstream science without admitting that it's ancient aliens.
2: Mhm. Because he'll say this is much older and I'm like, yeah, it's much older. And then he'll say. Yeah,
0: it's anti deluvian
2: <laughs> Yeah. And then, but he'll sneak a little thing in there like, but giants never existed. <laughs> and, you know, he has to kind of say it and then backtrack a little bit. Because you're like, oh, giants. And then he's like, but not giants. Zip, yeah. And they,
0: you know. they are very anti-Flat Earth too. They will not entertain that idea at all. I know. There I was know. A, um, I spoke with a gentleman ironically in my local area and he went on one of the grimerica um trips to egypt with those guys so graham hancock and what's his buddy's name that's on joe rogan all the time the mason the old guy the beard um
2: he has a beard a,
0: an older guy yeah and he's usually with graham hancock and he talks about um the the glacial period with the flood happened
2: and he has a really strong accent
0: yes i can't recall his name it's on the tip of my tongue anyway this guy I know apparently, who you're talking about though yeah, um, this guy asked him, he said something to him along the lines that it sounded something like flat earth. And he said, oh, what, you're a flat earther? And he said, oh, no, no, I was asking a question about how far we need to go. And he goes, oh, good, because I was going to kick you off this tour if you said you were a flat earther.
2: Wow. Damn. And that's how people react about flat
0: earth. They yeah, super it's
2: super defensive.
0: Very. It's something you just can't talk. It's akin to like baby murder, if you discuss Flat mm-hmm. Earth.
2: How did you stumble upon it?
0: Um, I don't know if you know Moral Bob at all. He has mm-hmm. a podcast called Hidden Plain Sight. I became good friends with Bob. We um, did a few shows together when I first started off, and we ended up creating our own movie review show called Conspiracy Theatre 3000 with him and Andy Rouse. But initially, I was always a Globe person um then nothing in my reality told me the earth was flat i eventually started delving into you know nasa's lying about a lot of stuff they buy up all the helium in the world. the majority of communications are in cables in the ocean there's very few that are in the sky and then bob was kind of teasing this ideas at me like dude the Earth's flat," and he gave me some evidence and i listened to his podcast and i just randomly one morning 6 30 i was on my run and i sent him a message and i said Hey, Bob, where's the sun in your part of the world? I took a photo of where mine was, mine was just above the horizon. He sends me back a photo where his was practically at noon above his head. That doesn't work on a globe. The sun I can't know. be in those two places. And I've just gone, oh, shit, if someone gets a hold of this, we're going to disappear for sure. Yes. Because we've, we've disproven flat Earth model and globe Earth. It doesn't exist on either of those or our idea of flat Earth. So. That absolutely destroyed my understanding of reality. I do not know what our realm is, what shape it is. Either there's multiple suns or it's something completely different.
2: I think it doesn't matter what I think, but I think it's probably flat with like a cone shape at the bottom where hell and shield, maybe it's eight miles deep and you have the hollow earth things could still be a thing too because if you're going eight miles deep it's still hollow in there you know that's what hell and stuff is so it's like a ice cream cone like a flat it allows
0: for hollow earth as well at the same time
2: and then kind of like the ice cream of the ice cream cone is the firmament (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's
0: so many science fiction shows let's do like the outer limits um shows like that where if it's ever an alien colony or like a a prison colony It's a dome over an asteroid or a planetoid that comes down into that point as well.
2: Yes, that's exactly how I... mm -hmm, That's how I I,
0: imagine. I I, I tend to agree.
2: Yeah, and that's why some people will say that hollow Earth and flat Earth can't exist at the same time, and I think that they can.
0: I think they have to exist together because we Mm -hmm. know that we can go down into the Earth. We know that there's hollow caverns. Mm -hmm. It's just the the extent of the shape that's that differs. either it's a hollow earth with a globe or it's a hollow earth on a level plane
2: Mm -hmm. and i had someone tell me that someone went way deep down in like a mariana's trench type of situation and they got down to like the bottom and there was like a it broke out into kind of like this dip but it was clear and they tapped on it and it was hard like glass. And they could see water underneath it, like flowing in the opposite direction. And so when you think about the Bible saying that there's the fountains from above and the waters from below, and maybe there's like a little shell down there where the waters of the deep are, and then there's the waters from above. So there's water on the outside of the firmament and under us. Very interesting.
0: Well, well, there's, a lot of underground reservoirs across the world, right? And -hmm. those are only surface level. They supposedly go deeper and deeper than we ever understand. The um, Great Australian Artesian Basin takes up most of the northern part of Australia, the largest um, freshwater source Australia has. And it's all underground.
2: Have you ever been into like a cavern or a tunnel and there's a little waterfall in there? Yeah, yeah. I went to this place in Tennessee when I was a kid. It's called Ruby caverns or ruby caves something like that and they take you up in an elevator like way 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 down and they take you on a tour and you get all the way to where the waterfall is and it's just like gushing water and it's super clear and beautiful the like prettiest waterfall ever and i remember asking my mom like where the fuck does the water come from because <sighs> we're like really deep underground and like it's just like spouting out of nowhere and she was like, oh well, you know, and the in this and I was like, even as a kid, I was like, Mom, that just don't add up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Where is the why
0: the rocks leaking? The rocks are leaking. Rocks aren't supposed to leak.
2: <laughs> so maybe there are little spouts, you know. They're uh like if you had a glass full of water and it cracked and some of the water is like spurting out of the cracks. That's kind of how I imagine it. If we're surrounded by water.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the, um, one of the ideas that the flood was God opening up the firm and letting the waters above cleanse the world below. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like today with the whole, these microplastics, you can't find a single water source on the top of the physical earth that doesn't have some form of contamination in it. But everything you bring up from deep underground is pure still.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. And that water always finds its level.
0: It does always find level.
2: So tell me how it would work on a globe model. I know I get it with you gravity people. but oh, it's gravity. The thing is, water always finds its level.
0: There would be a mile high like curve of mountain of water at the equator. Mm-hmm. There'd have to be.
2: So before we close the episode, I want to ask you, do you believe in the kind of Admiral Bird type of narrative where he went over the ice wall in Antarctica and there was more land beyond the ice wall, these other realms? Are you a realm guy or are, do you think the ice wall just kind of encapsulates us?
0: I'm kind of thinking that maybe... What we live in is actually the Garden of Eden.
2: Mm. Our
0: whole world is the Garden of Eden and we've absolutely destroyed it. We're not being the best um, benefactors or people caring for this place, which God intended. We're supposed to be the people that take care of his creation. I think beyond the ice wall, there could be other realms inhabited by other beings. Um, I think maybe that's where he went to. He could probably pass that ice wall and found other peoples. It could be a case of, multiple firmaments encasing different spots i don't know in saying that i'm totally open to he went down into the center of the earth and found something else i just don't know (laughs) it's all too wild and too amazing to comprehend but i think that the earth we live in is the garden of eden because there's too much beauty in our world for it to be just our whole world i think there's more to our world that we have yet to see
2: Yeah, and he created it all for us, which is another reason why it pissed the angels off, because he cared so much about making it beautiful and perfect. And the one documentary on Flat Earth that I watched that had me scratching my head was that if we're on a dinner plate, the sun moves like a clock around the dinner plate. Yeah, yeah. And we could just be living in a small portion of the greater, larger plane and the sun does a rotation. And there's just expansive land out there that's in the darkness right now. What do you think about that?
0: That's a possibility. I often think of how amazing it would be if they actually let us know that there was land beyond the ice wall. It'd be like a a land grab, would be like the new frontier. I think everyone would just leave their nine to fives and they'd want to go on that adventurous idea of humanity from like the 1800s. I think yeah. that was the, even though people died of dysentery and the black shit, I think a lot of people would love to go back to that simpler living, For the, you have to live like every day is a challenge, but that is living. Waking mm-hmm. up and going to work and then having dinner and watching Netflix. That's existing. That's not living.
2: Yeah. That's how, uh, so I'm in Oklahoma and we're called the Sooners for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like the boomer Sooner type of thing over here, which I think is funny. But to your point, it was a lot simpler then, you know, and now we're so lazy with technology that I just don't think people will ever revert back to that type of lifestyle.
0: No, and People need to realize life, like the average lifespan is like 70, 75 years. Mm -hmm. That's 75 summers you get, 75 winters, 75 springs, 75 autumns. When you think about it in that number, you are very limited in the time you've got. So you, everyone out there, make the most of it. Yeah. Don't spend it on a couch.
2: No, (laughs) no. But if you spend it listening to our podcasts, I'm okay with it.
0: Well, yes, because it opens their mind a little bit. So maybe they will go out into the world a bit more because you know what maybe, podcasts are great for walking, hiking. that's exactly. I
2: was like, maybe go for a run or maybe go <laughs> to the gym and listen to it. So you're doing like two things at one time. That's great. But on that note, can you tell the listeners where they can find your awesome work?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm Drew Misson from your Missing the Point podcast. It's Misson, M-I-S-S-E-N, M-I-S-S-S-E-N, my surname. Uh, you can find me on all the usual podcatchers, Spotify, Podbean, um, and alike. like. I'm also on Conspiracy Theatre 3000 with my two other co-hosts, Moral Bob and Andy Rouse, where we break down Hollywood cinema for symbolism and conspiracy stuff. That's a really great one, guys. Go check that out. And I also have an educational podcast called The Homeroom Educating Educators where my co-host Kaylee and I try to help families navigate the educational system, get your kids out of government schools, or if you can't just try to support them in the system they're in.
2: When are you going to start a YouTube channel?
0: I've got one and I got my first ding for it. And it wasn't even my own episode. It was a guest show.
2: Oh, wow. Dang. Okay. um, You have to be selective with the ones. I know.
0: I I just spout too much fire. Um, I know. I really want to go down the YouTube route, but I don't know. I'm still learning that side of things. I I tend to just record stuff, barely edit, and just unload it onto the world for people to hear, my incoherent ramblings for people to listen (laughs) to. Speaking of, I don't have a theme song yet, so if you're a Cosmic Peach listener and you have some kind of musical bone in your body, please hit me up at drewmisson88 at gmail.com. I need an intro really badly.
2: So, okay. Maybe this was meant to be because I'm the master editor (laughs) and I make all of my own theme songs. I do all of that. So I could maybe give you some tips on that. And uh, I'm still trying to convince you that you need to do movie breakdowns on my show because that's one of my favorite things to do. We can do movies that you haven't done before on your other show. But it is always interesting to get someone else's perspective on movies that i've seen that maybe you saw something i didn't see or have a different take on it like the burbs for an example
0: oh what a great one yeah um even if you want to come over as a guest appearance on conspiracy theater 3000 we've tossed the idea up of having guests on specific films so we'd be Mm -hmm. more than happy to have you on i do a or vice versa Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I hope everybody goes and checks out your podcast because I think you're doing a great job. I shared a little snippet from one of your episodes over on my Instagram because I really think that this is stuff that people need to hear. And it means more when it comes from someone else rather than just hearing me pontificate forever long on it. So,
0: yeah. And the great thing is we discussed. Similar things, but we're not in the same echo chamber. Like, right. we can disagree on things. And that's the best part because our listeners are getting all these different points of view where they get to formulate their own ideas and opinions from.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you something that I haven't asked someone in a very, very, very long time. I kind of used to have it as my closing question, which is what is your favorite scary movie?
0: Oh, God, my favorite. Because I know movie.
2: you love movies and I, I love, so movies love movies, movies too
0: um have you ever seen the relic i won't say it's scary now but it scared me back in the day
2: was it a demon possession movie
0: no it's a creature feature so it's about a a scientist is in the amazon and the the people give him a special tea and he ends up mutating into this giant lizard creature that devours humans
2: oh shit you'll love it check it out
0: it's I think it was an A-grade movie in its time, but it was the 90s. So anything in the 90s now has quickly become (laughs) B grade
2: Okay, I'll have to check it out. That sounds like it's up my alley. But thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate
0: it. Thanks for having me anytime.
2: And we'll have to get together on another episode. But thanks everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the next one. See you guys. It's closing time. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.